0: up, guys? Welcome back to the One Broke Actress podcast. I am your host, Sam Valentine, bringing you an honest account of working actor life, plus a few lessons I learned in the process. Just a few quick housekeeping things, because I know you guys are probably dying to hear from an Atlanta agent. In fact, some of you were like, can I have this podcast episode early? And I was like, no, because it's not edited. But here you go. Now it's out on time. Happy Easter. I just want to remind you guys all that the One Broke Actress email list is off and popping. We sent out our new book club recommendation this past week and I want to make sure none of you missed it. So if you have not yet joined the email sign up, just click the link in the show notes below and you can get all signed up. I send random tips and tricks and things that people send me that they're like, can you give this away to your audience for free? And I'm like, absolutely. All that good stuff is in the show notes. Just sign up for the email list. I do not send emails very often you don't have time to read them all and i don't have time to write them all so we have a nice mutual respect for our inboxes speaking of mutual respect let's talk about our podcast sponsor this week our sponsor is once again the new triple threat from put me on self tape anna la madrid and alicia oxy you guys heard me talk about them last week and you had lots of questions and they are off and running with their new membership platform Just a quick review there are three different types of memberships they are offering and the lowest price is $57 which I've spent more on Amazon yesterday. They are combining all of the tools you need from character work to tech work to audition work all in one platform and they are trying to keep it as affordable and concise as possible. These are also two working actresses and I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to be working with other actors who are working and auditioning because... The business is changing too fast these days. Things are on a dime switching. Um, The tone of something, the, you know, the way casting directors want uh, your slate like this or like that, blah, blah, blah. They cover all of the minutia because they are doing it in their day-to-day lives and that is the most important thing to me. So I have included all of their information below including, including by the way, discount codes for their membership. These range between $8 off a month to $30 off a month. That is significant and I think quite a deal. And these coupons are um, continuous. So you'll get that price locked in, which is pretty freaking cool. Um, So uh, like I said, please check out the links below. Check out Put Me On Self Tape on Instagram and check all the links below to hear all about their new membership program, The New Triple Threat. All right, you've waited long enough. Shall we get to the podcast? Mm My guest today is Jason Lockhart. He is an agent at AMT in Atlanta. He is known for his fast-talking, no-nonsense candor. He does not disappoint today, guys. Jason was originally an actor in Los Angeles and after years in the business, he decided to check out the other side of the desk. Turns out that's where he actually really loves being. In 2017, he relocated to Atlanta where he has been working non-stop ever since. And in this past year, he even wrote and published a book titled Ask an Agent, Brutally Answered Questions for Actors of All Stages, which propelled to number one on Amazon's bestsellers list in the performing arts category. You are going to be filled with a deluge of information today. I had a ton of questions for him, not only about the Atlanta market, but why he is an agent and how he functions. He gives some straight up, incredibly honest advice that I think we're all going to take to heart. He shares with us his past, from being an actor to an agent what he learned even showing up brand new in the agency world at his first actor showcase why he moved to Atlanta and what the differences are between the markets and he gives us some epic online profile casting advice you guys are going to want a pin and paper for that one I think you'll also learn a lot about how agents work and how he particularly views the world with his actors and why perhaps you don't always feel rainbows and sunshine and extra love coming in from your agent, but why that's not necessarily a bad thing and it could perhaps mean they're working harder to get you both more money. I really enjoyed doing this interview and I learned a lot about separate markets and uh, I just think sometimes seeing the view from that side of the desk is unbelievably important and eye-opening in so many ways where it's really not about us. For my actors who have questions about working local hires we're going to answer a lot of those today for you as well. So without further ado please enjoy Jason Lockhart. You also look just like your headshot.
1: Oh well I mean it is a picture of me. I
0: (laughs) guess. And you're in a full suit. Like, I just really appreciate you just, you know, that's, you look like quite the agent. I really appreciate that.
1: It's my armor. I was actually having this conversation with somebody yesterday. Like, if I was just at home in a Michael Jordan jersey, like, it just wouldn't get the same kind of results. Like, I need my, my armor and my phone as my sword. You know?
0: <laughs> Have you ever read James Clear, like Atomic Habits? No. He says he has a piece where he talks about um every day you make moves pushing towards you make moves validating the person you are and are becoming, and I feel like you putting on a suit is like that move
1: yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. and tattoos, I keep getting more and more tattoos that are just really helping my world.
0: That's awesome, and probably is easier to get now that you're out of the acting world.
1: <laughs> Much easier, yeah it doesn't matter.
0: Well, now that, uh, that your bio, we went over a little bit about you, but I kind of want to go into a little more of how you switched from the acting world to agenting and kind of why that switch happened for you. I feel like that'll explain a lot about who you are as a person, too.
1: I think that I was just exhausted from acting. I had started when I was three years old and been doing it forever. So by the time I was in my late 20s, I'd already had a 20-year career of being an actor and making decent money at it, but never really feeling validated. I was always hungry for more, always. Like the job was over and then I just wanted more. You know, by my late twenties, almost all my friends from high school, like the whole cool clique of dudes was married and had kids and I didn't. I was the weird one and I was having fun and like, you know, dicking around at the Playboy Mansion was really fun the first few times, but then it does get old and I wanted to kind of move in a more stable direction. And uh, I applied on casting networks, like up in the upper right-hand corner, they used to have industry jobs, like as a virtual bulletin board. And I applied to be um, an assistant to a commercial agency, uh, to a commercial agent. And that was kind of the beginning of like, oh, wow. Like this 20 years of knowledge that I have in my head might actually be useful, um, not just for me, but for lots of other people. And it became so much more rewarding being on that side of the desk.
0: Were there any major light bulb moments you had when that shift was happening, especially at, in your late twenties, like watching all of a sudden from the other side of the desk.
1: Yeah. She was supposed to go to some showcase on a Friday night and, you know, they give you like 150 stipend to show up and watch all these actors in North Hollywood do a scene. (laughs) And then there's a Q and a and, I was sitting there next to a manager who was a uh, Hillary Duff's mom. And we just hit it off and people started asking questions. And I said to her, this is my first week. And, like, I don't, I shouldn't be here. But as actors were asking questions, I found myself knowing the answers or at least like feeling confident enough that I could help them with an answer to their question, regardless if it was like the be all end all answer. That was weird because I had just felt, the majority of my life as a reject, you know, like losing out and not knowing the answers to anything and feeling lost. And I suddenly felt kind of confident for one of the first times in a long time. And it had nothing to do with me, but it was all about them.
0: What it's so funny. Cause that was, you, you were the same person when you were on the other side of the table. It just shifted Absolutely. seeing it like that.
1: And then I also remember when I switched to film and TV Um, That was in 2014 uh, when I became a theatrical agent. I remember getting a bunch of C-mails. And and for any listener that doesn't know, a C-mail is an (laughs) audition request that an agent gets.
0: And if you don't know, please refer to onebrokeactress.com where we go over multiple casting sites. (laughs)
1: Uh, I was so excited about C-mails because I could contact the actor and let them know that I had a glimpse of hope for them to achieve their dreams. (laughs) Whereas when I was the actor and got a C-mail, I immediately stressed out. Oh, where, you know, I'm in Santa Monica. I gotta get back to Studio City. It's gonna take me over an hour and then I gotta figure out what I'm gonna wear and I gotta print the sides and highlight them and memorize them. And then where am I gonna have to drive tomorrow? Oh my God, at 9.30, I have to go an hour away. Like, it was just so much stress. And once I became an agent, every female was exciting. So I was, that was such a sign that I was moving in the right direction.
0: Oh, That's such a good like visual shift too for actors to think about as, you know, exciting opportunities instead of the work load. Yeah,
1: and I would, I would challenge any actor that if you're that miserable every time you get an audition, maybe it's not for you, you know? <laughs> because I do have actors that have an excuse constantly why they can't do an audition maybe it's not for you because there's a lot of people out there who would be so extremely grateful and so excited when that audition comes
0: in. Right. Right. Let them have it. Let us have it. When you switched uh, to theatrical, was that a, a choice you made? You were kind of done with working in the commercial side or what was that?
1: Yeah. I mean, in the commercial side, I, I'd only ever assisted. Okay. And then uh, I actually took a, a, a small break from all of that because i had its little moment of directorial uh success cool. uh, where i directed a film for no money that made a lot of money and then that led to some other opportunities um but well, similar to the path of acting it was very self-righteous for me never fulfilling um and, and didn't provide any kind of uh, stability or, or true longevity and so after that kind of came crashing down and i realized that it didn't have a, a glowing future. Uh, a buddy of mine said, I wish that you'd be my agent. My agent just uh, got fired or moved. And now they're going to be hiring. I wish that you, that you would do it, man. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Put me in touch with your owner. <laughs> see what happens. And 24 hours later, I was his agent and the agent to hundreds of people.
0: Oh my God. What is the job interview like for that?
1: Um, well, I mean, I just kind of went into it the same way I went into the commercial assistant one. I've never done this before, but I've been in the industry a long time. I was, I've always been a straight A student and, uh, and I'm willing to learn and grow and I'll probably work harder for you than somebody else who who has done this for a while and sucked at it. So if you're willing to, to train me, I'll, I'll figure it out. And I did, I mean like 48 hours, I was like, boom, 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 going, shaking, moving and using contacts and, and finding myself able to talk about headshots. And like, I knew what was needed. I just inherently knew from so many years of failing. Yeah, you know? I was
0: gonna ask, Was do you think that your years as an actor kind of informed you making that switch and already having like contacts, for example, in the casting world?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of my, my casting contacts also came from directing. You know, once you're directing movies, you're hiring casting directors, so they want your attention. That's the ticket. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, you know, dabbling with Relativity and National Lampoon and, and learning a lot from some of these big dogs and big players in the industry. And, wow. You know, I was in and around a lot of interesting people.
0: What were some major differences you saw when you started Uh, being a theatrical agent versus a commercial agent. Obviously two different sides of the coin, right? And you were an assistant commercially, but you probably saw those two worlds and how actors approach them in different ways.
1: Yeah, it seemed like most actors don't give a shit about commercial. It's kind of annoying to them. And I remember that. I remember I was with Osbrink um, as a commercial actor and man, they were on fire for me. I would have sometimes four or five auditions a week, sometimes two in a day, completely different sides of Los Angeles. And um, it was always kind of irritating. Like, that's not what I wanted to be doing. And as an agent, I noticed that real quick, and I still feel it to this day. You know, there are actors who are really irritated when they have commercial conflicts uh, or anything come up commercially that it seems like their passion is for film and television, which is a little ridiculous because as an agent, the most attractive quality for me in an actor is an actor who's passionate about making money acting.
0: I hope everyone just wrote that down because straight from the agent's mouth, that makes complete sense, right? Because at the end of the day, I think we get a little lost in the – actors can get a little woo-woo. We can get a little lost in our creative brain. And listen, when I made my five-year plan when I was in college, I was like, maybe between shooting my movies, I'll deign to do a commercial or two. Now I'm like, McDonald's, let's go. (laughs) Like, call me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, one of my first goals for every actor is to make sure that they get health insurance. If we can get to seventeen grand, they have got health insurance. That's a huge goal of mine for every actor. You know, not to get them a named credit on IMDb. Like, fuck that. Who cares? I make the same money if you are cop number two or you are Detective Johnson. I make the exact same money. So why should I stress that much more? I understand the longevity and how it might look good. But you know who looks at your IMDb page more than anyone? You. Like that- <laughs> nobody else cares about your IMDb page you know, until you're offer only. It doesn't matter.
0: Right. Right. Oh my God. That star meter number. People ask me if that matters all the time. And I'm like, I just don't, I mean, I don't think so. It's kind of like followers on Instagram. Like it'll go up when you book things. Yeah. It's, it's organic. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about a little bit about your shift to, uh, to Atlanta. Cause that was in 2017, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So that wasn't that long ago. Why did you move markets? And I think I already know the answer.
1: (laughs) Well, there was a girl involved.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, that's not what I thought. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah. She was from, from the South and Los Angeles was not for her. And I, I wasn't sure what my future held in Los Angeles, but I did know that uh, on a personal level, I was really looking forward to building a family. And that was very, became very important to me. And she was, she was and is an amazing human being. And um, we'd been together for years at that point and it had been long distance for a long time. And then when the opportunity came up, she said, this is is a big opportunity. Um, I feel like you should at least apply for it. And then we could potentially get a place in Atlanta and settle into Atlanta and start our lives. And um, here's a cool lesson for anybody listening. I said, no, I'm not going to apply. And here's why. not It wasn't even because I didn't care about her enough. It was because I didn't think I was going to get it. I was like, I don't know any of the casting directors there. I don't know anyone in Atlanta. I don't even know how that market works. What shoots that Walking Dead and Vampire Diaries? Right. <laughs> like, I'm not going to get it. So I'm not going to waste the time applying. And then it was like three days later. And I woke up, like sprung up in my bed. And the sun was shining through the shutters in the window. And I had this like. Aha moment that was almost spiritual or religious or whatever you want to call it, that said, Of course, you're not going to get it, dumbass, because you didn't try. At least apply. That's the only way you actually have a shot. Right. And so I did. I took like two hours and, and really put together that application and cover letter and all that jazz and thought, Well, now if I don't get it, it's because I didn't deserve it, you know, or somebody beat me. Yeah. But the owner of the company called me like four hours later on a Saturday. And she's like, I've been on the phone about you for hours. I know exactly who you are. When can I, when can you get out here? When can we
0: meet?
1: Wow. So it, it all was meant to be.
0: Out of curiosity, when you say application, do agents have like resumes?
1: I mean, I do now. Yeah, I've worked at three different agencies. and um,
0: I'm just curious what that piece of paper looks like.
1: <laughs> I'll send it to you.
0: <laughs> I would love to see what an agent resume looks like.
1: I mean, I haven't put one together now since, the, since June of, of 2017.
0: That's a good sign. <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a good – I love looking back at my old resumes. I'm like, don't need that anymore. Okay, so you made the switch. You go to Atlanta. Because that interview went so well, did you feel like you were ready, like you were empowered to go to this new market and test things out? Nope, not at all. <laughs> Scared
1: shitless, was terrified, and I still have moments where I wake up and I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to deal with this issue? I got an email a few minutes ago from a girl who's very uncomfortable with a COVID situation. And she's like, can you call me right now? Oh, shit. Um, and I can't call her right now because I'm doing a podcast, but I said, email myself and another agent. So I'll have it in black and white and I'll be able to read here, multitasking our podcast and see how bad is this situation. But it's all day every day. Um, and so, yeah, when I first came here, I was very scared and the owner threw like a goodbye party to the former agent and a welcome party for me and there were easily 500 people that showed up to this, this, uh, restaurant. And I felt like the groom at a wedding where I was just standing in the line and everyone was coming up to talk to me about themselves and get their 30 seconds in. And it was very overwhelming. And I thought, you know, I hope I don't let these people down and I got to meet all the casting directors and learn every show that's shooting here, the tone and the style. And it was, it was terrifying. The first two to three months were really, really hard. And I, I kind of wanted to quit a few times because I was so scared of it, um, but I knew I wasn't going to. And I kept saying, by like October, everything's going to be fine. The holidays will be coming. Football will be on. I will know <laughs> all of the clients. I will know all the casting directors, and I will know what's shooting here. I just got to make it till then, and I know that I can. I've made it through very challenging things in life before. I will survive this. It's just going to be hard to deal with it. And obviously, it was very taxing on that relationship. <laughs> um, so, which is probably a big part of the reason, yeah, it's part of the reason why I didn't end up working out. It was probably three of the hardest months of my life.
0: God, has, has that kind of goal setting always been a thing you've done? It sounds like setting like short-term goals to get you through to the long-term milestone. That seems like a natural thing for you.
1: I think it's probably, that's such a cool question. I think that it's, um, I think it's definitely become a pattern. And I, de- and I would definitely say that that started as ridiculous and cliche as this sounds. It started with Greek life in college.
0: Oh, what's What fraternity were you in?
1: Lambda Chi Alpha.
0: Ah, Greek. I was a Delta Zeta. Oh, we had DZ. Yeah.
1: In fact, I dated the president.
0: <laughs> oh, really? I was the treasurer yeah. and the social chair.
1: <laughs> Very cool. Well, Alyssa, if you're listening, I just talked about you.
0: Oh, that's uh, awesome.
1: Yeah. And that was, I mean, that, you know, quote unquote pledge period was so scary.
0: What school was this? Oh, UNLV. Okay.
1: In Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, I mean, I, I knew once I survived that. I was like, wow, I made it through that seven tough weeks and then the ultimate hell week and then the very long ritual. I survived that mentally, physically, emotionally. I can survive anything.
0: (laughs) I think you're the first person to let me talk about Greek life on this podcast. I'm pumped.
1: (laughs) I would encourage it for everyone.
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, Honestly. Was it tough for you? If you can live with 52 girls, you can do anything. (laughs) I can live. Yeah. I lived, there's a reason I slept in a futon in someone's backyard shed in LA for six months. I can do anything because it wasn't living with 52 girls in one house.
1: (laughs) It's amazing what it does. And you're in these huge, like foundational years of maturing.
0: Yep. Yep. While you're figuring out who you are.
1: Throw that into the mix.
0: (laughs) Here you are figuring things out. Did you get handed a bunch of the clients from the previous agent who left uh was it AMT that you went? It was that that agency, right?
1: Yeah, AMT. Yeah. Yeah. We had uh over a thousand at the time. Wow. And we were one of the top two. I mean, there's two agencies here that are just huge, you know, like kind of like CAA and WME in LA. And we were one of the, the two largest. Uh, I only had 90 clients in LA. And so uh, getting a thousand was very overwhelming. A thousand? Over a thousand. Yeah. But we did throughout the course of that year, end up cutting over 400. Wow. I mean, there were so many actors that didn't even have video footage on their actors access. And I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to, to, to pitch this actor? I can't even see if they're good.
0: Were they hobbyists in a way?
1: Yeah, I think there were a lot. And I think there were a lot of people that just wanted it, but didn't want to work for it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so we really weeded out, you know, for lack of a better word, the shit. We we weeded out the shit. And uh, I think that really helped all of those who had talent and drive and persistence and patience and dedication and the materials. It helped them escalate.
0: Yeah. And it speaks better to the agency itself, right? Like then the people who are representing you out into the world are clearly the ones who are working the hardest.
1: Which is a huge thing. I really don't like saying that this actor is awesome based on who they are as a person and who they are as a talent. And I can trust them to go onto a set and make the agency look good if yeah. I don't actually believe it.
0: How did you get to know so many actors to submit them? That had to be so much work or consistently as work, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's why the first few months were so taxing and terrifying. Um, you know, I was given a list from some important people at the agency and even a previous owner. Um, Here are, you know, essentially the top like 50 financial earners. We need to meet these people as soon as possible. So we just scheduled two to three a day and people would come in and sit across from my desk and talk about themselves for an hour. And I would learn about them. Meanwhile, I have 85 emails coming in that hour that I can't, respond to because I've got this one actor's full attention and I'm giving them my full attention because I did truly need to know who they were. And that took about three months to meet the majority of, of people. And then it, it still trickled in. There were still, you know, one or two a day for a long, long time. Um, But that's why my days were so long and so hard because whereas the day would slow down around seven or eight o'clock, it would, if you didn't have meetings, but I had three hours of the day where I couldn't do anything. So now my day's we're going to 11 or 12 at night.
0: In those kind of meetings which some people enjoy and some people dread, tell me about yourself. Let's get to know each other. What makes that a good productive meeting for you?
1: Honestly, I don't need those meetings. All I need is a really good reel and some a variety of headshots that show you're a good actor. If I can look at I can absolutely look at an actor's access link and say, I can make money off this person tomorrow. Or this person is going to take a long-ass time to make money off of. Why? Because I can see if they're a good actor. And if, they're, if they've if proven it. You know, I can take an actor who has eight completely different looks in their photos. And it's not, I'm not talking about different clothing. I'm not saying that they have a, a gun or a stethoscope in a picture. But someone that looks like the nurse who doesn't want to be there. Or someone who looks like the quirky elementary school teacher. Or the high school scientist teacher. Or the high school principal or the bitchy cheerleader. If they're a good actor, they're acting in their headshots and I can look at these and say, wow, here are eight completely different tools I can use that are very specific on breakdowns that will guarantee get me an audition. And if it doesn't get me the audition for them, I can say to the casting director, why the fuck aren't you gonna give me an audition? Look at this picture, they are the role. And it's even stronger if they've got the video to prove it too. So I can. I don't need these meetings. I don't need to talk about you forever. I can look at your page and say, I got everything I need to get you opportunities. There are certain quirks that a human might have, like some people are quirky or funny or shy or tough. You know, Somebody might look really tough in a photo, but they're actually pretty meek in person. Mm-hmm. But I also know that in the first 10 seconds. <laughs> I don't need their life story. You know,
0: Right, this could be like a five minute meeting is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I don't need to hear about all their special skills. If they are listed on a resume, And if they have video of special skills, if you say you can ride horses and you've got a clip riding horses on your actors access, congratulations, you've just beaten out 99% of the actors that say they can ride horses because you've actually got video to prove it.
0: Fantastic advice. When you say a couple different good headshots, I know a lot of actors right now are probably at home panicking like, oh, my pictures look the same or they're from the same most recent shoot. What develops that into like a well-rounded package? How different would you have the shots look?
1: I would go with almost every kind of occupation um, and potential like person you would be in a family based on your age and ethnicity. And then also the things you really are passionate about wanting to play. So if you are, let's say you're a 28-year-old African-American guy who's real tall and strong. And you played high school basketball or high school football. So you want to play. You still, and you maybe can still play high school, definitely college. And you're always getting called in for the football player or the bouncer or the cop. But that's really about it. Get me a picture of you in a three-piece suit with a pocket square and a tie that shows how intelligent you are. And I'm going to pitch the hell out of you as the young prosecutor. And you're going to start getting auditions you've never gotten before. Because I have this picture that shows what you can do because I know how smart you are. And I know that you want that your wife is a lawyer and you want to play a lawyer.
0: And you feel that way, even if the real doesn't necessarily have that footage.
1: Right. You can prove it in a photo. Or let's go the complete other side of the spectrum. Let's say you really, the same guy, nicest guy ever. You want to play a really scary drug dealer. Take a picture with you know a do-rag and a wife beater in a chain and look terrifying into the camera like you're going to fuck somebody up. I will use that to get you that audition. And you're probably going to book that role because you're talented enough and passionate enough to do it. But when you've got three pictures and they all kind of look the same, you're smiling or smirking or just have one dramatic one, just a picture of your head. That's not a story. And I can't sell the story. I've just got an actor like, oh, you need, an, you, know, you need an African-American guy, 28, here, I got one. No, that's not good enough in a highly competitive industry. That's throwing a dart at a board you can't even see. You know what I mean? Let's throw bullseyes all day long because we've got darts that are really close and they're really heavy and they're almost fucking magnetized to the bullseye.
0: Yes. Oh God, that's thrilling. Okay. What div- big differences did you see in the market once you really started working in it? After those initial three months, football is on, you know your clients, we're really working in it. Like who, what What were your big delineations between LA and Atlanta? Uh,
1: the rapid Rapid pace and volume of bookings. You know, there are so, uh, so many opportunities here. And um, it just seemed like it was more and more and more and more and more. And whereas in LA, you know, you got to try and cozy up next to 185 casting directors, here you needed to know 14. Three months in, I knew all 14 really well and I knew what they drank. So it was (laughs) much faster and easier to have real human to human conversations and realize that I was helping them book. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So in the rapid pace of booking, which is not something like, you know, as an LA actor, we don't get that many auditions, right? And if we do, it's maybe for commercial, it's for a mix of things. Like I don't have five theatrical auditions a week. I dream of five theatrical auditions a week. How do your actors handle this? And what have your good hardworking actors brought to the table that made this work?
1: Well, we do have a lot of actors getting that. We have a lot of actors getting five auditions a week. I had one actor say I got 14 this week. And to be honest with you, I don't even know how many auditions they're all getting because I'm too busy trying to get them more dealing with problems or closing the deals. Like, I I honestly don't even see all the auditions that come in, Um, but we do have two to 300 a day sometimes, more even. And I think that's actually really helped the actors because it's no different than if you were to step outside and shoot hoops every single day. You're gonna get way better at making baskets, and I think that our actors get so many auditions, the hardworking ones that say yes to everything, that it has made them much better, and they've started booking and they're booking a lot more. And it's really, it's absolutely elevated our agency, but I feel like the entire town is elevated because all of the all of the thriving agencies are dealing with the same success.
0: Well, yeah, and it probably gives them less time to stress about any individual audition because it's just like onto the yeah. next, right?
1: Every now and then I'll get an email. It's like, you know, I was really passionate about that one. And I I mean, I don't even remember which one it is that they're talking about. So <laughs> well, I don't even usually respond because uh, I don't need to know. And I don't care. Just book it. If, <laughs> I'll let you know if you booked it. I don't care if you liked it or not, to be honest. Like, it's just it's just another one. You know, I can I can get invested too. I get very invested about Ozark. I love Ozark, but I'm, I'm not going to get overly invested about a role. I have no control over if we book it or not.
0: Has this rapid pace stayed about the same or has it increased since you started?
1: it's drastically increased. Really? Yeah. 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 I mean, we were really busy when I first got here. We're way busier now. But I also think I work very, very fast and um, have kind of inspired and trained my team to work extremely fast, extremely efficiency. We do not bullshit. and We don't waste time. And I think because of that, casting directors have leaned on us often. I mean, every now and then I'll get an email from a casting director one time, She even said, she's like, when the booking came through, I was so glad that it was AMT because I knew that I'd get this back in five minutes and not have to wait 24 to 48 hours. Um, we're so fast uh, and reliable that I think that that has really helped the volume of opportunities our actors get.
0: What was COVID like for you?
1: We did completely shut down, Mm -hmm. you know, the entire industry basically did. Um, so for me, it was actually kind of nice. It was the first time that I had a break in over a decade and, um, you know, I set some personal goals and achieved all of them because I had the time.
0: See, there's your goal setting again.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I kept joking with, I kept joking with people that were like, how are you doing that? And I said, you can take my work away, but you can't take my work ethic away. And so I wrote that, I wrote the book.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, I
1: wanted to for two years and I finally had the time. So I did it.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about your book. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so it came out this year, which I love. So it's super recent and it's it's going to be linked in the show notes for everyone to check out. And if you guys are like, I can't afford to buy anything right now, you know, it's everyone might still be on unemployment in the beginning of 2021. There's some free pages you can even just peruse on Amazon. I think it's well worth it. But what was it that you wanted to create that for?
1: Because I I legitimately get 50 requests for representation a day. And I do love actors and my heart goes out to them. The way I treat actors and the way I feel about them are two different things. I don't treat them with lots of love and kindness and respect to their face, but I do absolutely feel what they're going through and have so much respect for them and do love (laughs) and care about them.
0: What do you mean when you don't do that? Because you don't have time and energy to like give extra sincerity, round out the edges for everyone. Yeah,
1: I've just learned the hard way. If I give an inch, I get a mile taken from me. If I say, hey, great job on that audition, then two weeks later, hey, what'd you think of this one? And I don't have time for that. You know, I don't have time. You know, I, I say, sure, I'll meet you for a drink to celebrate your booking. And then Monday morning, hey, my friend had this audition. Can I audition for it now too? I just can't be getting that close because then they take it. I'm sorry, actors, but you take advantage of your agent when when they stop becoming your agent and they become your friend. So I, you know, I hate to say it, but like so I'd almost rather be feared than loved. Because at the end of the day, they don't really want me to be their friend. They want to be a working actor, I hope. And so my job is to make sure that they're a working actor, not make sure that they're friends with an agent. Because I can tell you what I really want, which is to have a job and a personal life. And the only way I can do that is to like make sure that when my job is done, I go do things for me, which is actually very seldom. Um, but I'm you know, trying.
0: Yeah. So in writing the book, you gave people the answers to a lot of the questions they were already getting.
1: Yeah. I I tried to, how can I rep way more people than I actually rep? I'm never going to be able to, but I can at least take so many of the mistakes I've learned and so many of the, so many of the same answers that I'm giving at showcases and panels to people that say that it's helped to them or changed their life in some capacity or changed a moment or an opportunity. So if I write all this shit down and it's available somewhere It might actually help people that didn't come to a showcase I was at, that they had to pay to get into a class for, or whatever. Like, it just might actually help some people. And then I could even direct people to it, like, you know, people that I really care about that I'd like to give more time and attention, and even people on my own roster. Hmm. There are so many, you know, we still have 600-some people, and there are so many of them that have read the book. And um, I don't want to say they treat me with a different level of respect, but we do have it's like they know me a lot more now as a human and how I work and they realize that I do care about them, but this is what I need to do a better job for them. So I'm glad that a lot of my own actors have read it.
0: That's great. I mean, all actors one is like a how-to manual of how to do the things right. I feel like that's all we're looking for. And sometimes we come off in the wrong ways in trying to do the things right. And so to sure. have someone and, and to, to have it recent too, like someone who's recently and is currently working in the market just like makes A huge difference.
1: I I hoped, I hoped it it would or did. I I was kind of trying to like find a book like it out there. It just didn't seem like there was a working, a current working agent, you know, telling it like it is from their POV. So I was like, maybe there's a need.
0: I think so, and I think the the layout of it is concise in a way that. That a lot of us are learning to do. I always tell actors to take their email they send me and cut it in half and then resend it because I get. Oh my god! I'm sure awesome. you get the same thing. People send like paragraphs, and I'm like, I just uh, four to five sentences max, and uh, space them out a little bit better, please. Like I'm reading it on my phone. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's one of the recurring themes. Yeah, yeah. one of the recurring themes of the book is brevity. Be bright. Be brief. Be gone.
1: <laughs> there isn't a single successful casting director I know that sends a long email.
0: Exactly. I got a a side tangent. I got an email from someone who was like, I'd love you to be in my script. And then they put seven paragraphs about their qualifications. And I was like, I already know this is not legitimate because he had to tell me.
1: And they had so much time. Busy people don't have so much time.
0: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Before I deviate too far from the book, I want to make sure that people know that it's in the show notes. And I do want to ask you one question per the book that if, when did it officially publish this year?
1: Cinco de Mayo.
0: Oh, hey, I love that. Um, Not on
1: purpose, but.
0: You can take the boy out of the frat. (laughs) (laughs) But is there anything now since that time, because we're recording this in December that you're like, I wish I would have also said X, Y, and Z. Is there anything that's come up that you wish you would have put in?
1: You know, I have done, because of the book, I sort of did like a virtual book tour. Cool. like with schools all over the, the country and, and teachers and, and stuff. And there really hasn't been a specific question or, or thought that I thought, oh man, I wish that was in the book. But every now and then someone will give me like a personal struggle that they had. Mm. And then I can, at that point, it really isn't specific enough that it need it would have needed to be in the book. But it's something where I definitely don't even have the answer, but I can just humanize with them and talk from my heart which is what I said like Tuesday or Wednesday night someone had a very serious issue on set and they're like this wasn't in your book how how would you answer it I said I can only answer this as a human and so I did
0: yeah that can be your book you write in retirement (laughs) (laughs) the human side of agents well okay so a lot of our actors who are listening right now are in Los Angeles some are in Atlanta we have some in New York they're a little spread out but If actors want to move locations, if we're considering trying out a new market, do you have any tips for them?
1: I think you should do it if you're not happy where you are. Because a lot of people move or have moved over the last, let's say 50 years, to Los Angeles or to New York because they want to pursue their dream of making money or becoming famous as an actor. And I do think that there are other places you can try getting into the industry and might have more success because there will be less competition and still a wide array of opportunities, such as Atlanta, um, New Orleans, Albuquerque. There are casting directors there, there are shows there, there are studios and infrastructure there tangibly, physically, you know, brick and mortar stuff that isn't going anywhere anytime soon, not to mention tax incentives. So I say if you have that idea and you're not happy where you're living, specifically if you're living in one of the two major former markets, New York and L.A., and you're paying, you know, a lot of bills. Um, I say consider your um, consider what you what you really want out of life. Because looking back now, I would never move back. I've had opportunity now that I've been here for a while. I've had I've had a couple opportunities of people trying to steal me and get me to come back to L.A. At a big, big management firm in LA that I would have killed to work for, you know, six, seven years ago, they were like, "Hey, we would love for you to move back to uh, LA and and be a manager with us in our firm in Beverly Hills, and we'll pay you this much and this much, and you will oversee the Atlanta market. So you will be our contact to all the Atlanta casting directors. You will rep all of our actors here that can be local there, and you can rep a ton of actors that are physically on the ground in Atlanta, but do it from here." Wow. And it was not even though the numbers were attractive, I still knew that my my personal net profits were definitely going to be higher if I stayed here in Atlanta. Uh, And that's something for me. Things that I have learned about this city and about life. Convenience is worth a lot of money to me. Physical comfort is worth a lot of money to me. Um, And time is a lot of money. And I have way more time to accomplish things because I'm not in a car in Atlanta, just sitting in a car all day long, you know, looking for parking, whether it be near my home or running errands. I mean, everything, like I'm just, I'm more comfortable, everything's more convenient and I have more time here. And these things are worth more to me. So I think for an actor who who is considering another market, think about what you really want out of life. And if what you really want is just to be making money acting, definitely try going somewhere where it's going to cost you less to live. You might get more opportunities and you can start to build a career because that's very hard to do in the, in the major market. It's very hard to kind of take those first few steps that I think are necessary.
0: What about actors who want to work as local hires? I hear that it's not happening as much anymore, uh, that they like people casting likes people on the ground in their specific cities. Is that proved to be true for you?
1: Definitely right now, yes, that is very true right now. And we get emails that will say, don't lie to us. Where is this actor? Um, and I have COVID nightmares every day and issues and, and and whatnot. So I can't even fathom really working with too many actors that weren't physically here. We do still have probably 20 actors that don't live in Atlanta. But that's not a lot. That's considering not a lot. when I got here, and I said we cut over four hundred. We cut hundreds that didn't actually live here, and it made our relationships with casting go way up. And there might be 150 actors that are really pissed at me because now they don't have an agent in Atlanta, but it made 600 some really excited that they're getting way more opportunities now because they are true locals, they're proven here, and casting knows that if they need this person to go to a COVID test today, or go to a wardrobe fitting today or tomorrow, or the dates got changed, right now schedules are all over the place you know, and pre-pandemic, I had an actor book coming to America too. He flew out here three times. The date just kept on changing. It was all on his dollar because he was a, you know, quote unquote, local hire. And if I would have said he's not a local hire, he's actually in Los Angeles with an amazing, amazing resume and he deserves overscale and to be flown out. They'd say, no, thanks. We're just going to go ahead and book this local person who is also a good actor and available and here in a different price. Right. So I think that for an actor that wants to be a local hire, they have to also consider what it would be like if they were the one buying the actor for the day.
0: Oh, that's that's like renting a car. Very interesting.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And as an agent, we make the exact same dollar. So do I really want to deal with the stress of somebody flying in or driving six hours in or four hours in and having to get a hotel and sending me seven more emails about their questions and where they should stay and where's it shooting so they can book a hotel if i can if i can do the booking and make the same amount of money with seven less emails of course that's what i'd rather do that's way less work it's time versus money so i think actors wanting to do that local hire thing they need to realize that just because they're a good actor and they could be a local it doesn't make a ton of business sense for anyone else but them Oh, people can hate me for saying that too but it's true
0: no, I think, listen, that's, that's all we want, right? Is we want to know like the actual business side of things, how decisions are made. And I think that's a lot of actors' biggest you know, Achilles heel is that we make everything very personal instead of looking at the dollars and cents of it all. So to see it in that black and white on a paper term makes so much more sense and it just takes you out of it.
1: I compare stuff all the time. Metaphors, all, use them all the time. You know, I definitely think that they, one of the reasons they come to Atlanta, the productions, the studios, the networks, I mean, it's almost like they're shopping at at TJ Maxx or Marshalls or Nordstrom. They come here on purpose to save money. If it was just easy, they would just shoot in their backyard. But no, they're going to fly a ton of people out here and figure out how to do it because they're going to save so much money. So the last thing they want to do is get here and then be like, oh, wait a minute. I'm going to buy something that's really expensive on this on this adventure where we're saving money on
0: purpose. Right. You don't buy the most expensive thing at TJ Maxx. That's true. You don't,
1: but there are, you know, there are still expensive things in there. And I still have a lot of actors that demand and deserve overscale and book big roles. Cause even at TJ Maxx, there are some really nice items.
0: <laughs> it's true. I've gotten some great purses. <laughs> Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you feel like would be, you'd like to highlight for our audience today? We're in December. It's about the end of the year. Uh, This podcast will air in early 2021. Anything you think people should know going forward?
1: You know, I've written a few articles also in Backstage, and I think if anybody is listening to this and whether or not they get the book, those are free. You can find them online.
0: Awesome. Can we just search you in Backstage?
1: Yeah, they called me uh, an industry expert, which I'm very grateful for because I know that I'm not.
0: For a second, I was worried you were you know secret agent man.
1: Yes, I do know secret. Okay,
0: great. I was worried that that was you for a second because I kind of talked shit on him the other day. Fantastic. Go on. A lot of
1: a lot of people have thought that because he looks just like me.
0: I was going to say his caricature does look like you, and I had a small panic attack all of a sudden.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I met I met all those guys at, at Backstage. I did a, a Zoom with them when the book came out. And there's a video of that that's on YouTube. It's, oh, that's it's, awesome.
0: Okay, great. We'll link that.
1: So yeah, if you Google Jason Lockhart, Talent Agent Backstage, any of that shit, you'll find um, some more stuff that might be helpful. I talk a lot about being selfless and um, how I think that that choosing to be selfless all the time often leads to positive results. Choosing to be selfish or even if you're self-consciously selfishly pursuing something, it tends to come across as unattractive to anybody who's paying attention, consciously or subconsciously. And I talk about that. And uh, I think one of the backstage articles, I mentioned something about looking, be, looking beyond yourself, which is similar. So I think when, you know, when people make decisions, they can think, how, how can I approach this thing that I want by benefiting everyone else? You know, even, you know, parallel to a romantic relationship, things are just, you end up getting what you want so much faster and smoother and easier by, you know, giving others what they want and need.
0: How do you see that working in acting relationships typically?
1: I think when it's really all about the partner, Hmm. make it about your partner. Even if it, even if your reader in a self-tape audition is terrible, try to get them to have a good time try to get it, try to make them feel like they are involved somehow, because if that's the case, they will, humans are humans. They will connect with you somehow. And when we as the audience are watching that tape back, we are not going to watch an actor trying to impress us. We're not going to watch an actor try to survive an audition. We're not going to watch an actor make a big choice. (laughs) We're going to watch an actor connected to another human so much so that we wish the camera would flip around and we could get the reader's response. That is a story that is worth watching. That is worth buying, in my opinion.
0: That's so great. We're going to end it on that. Jason, I'll have your book linked. I'll have your some articles linked. Is there anywhere else you want to guide people to?
1: Uh, not my social media. Okay, good. <laughs> I go there to look at my fraternity brother's pits.
0: Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. This was fantastic.
1: Nice to meet you, Sam. Thank you.
0: And that brings us to the end of today's podcast. How could you not get so much damn information from this? I felt so empowered by getting these answers straight from Jason's mouth, and I think you will find even more information in his book. By the way, if you've listened this far in the episode, I'm going to gift one person a copy of Jason's book. I am going to Venmo you the amount so you can buy it on Amazon. All you have to do is drop a comment on this podcast episode's image on my Instagram at One Broke Actress, and tell me something you learned or something you enjoyed from this podcast. So drop me a comment in the episode picture for this podcast and I will enter you in and I'm going to give someone away a copy of Jason's book because we could all use more freaking information. So Jason, thank you so much for all of the time and energy you gave us this week. It is going to help so many people and I think a lot of actors are going to be considering the way they work with their reps. Um, and also, guys, keep in mind, this is one reps information. If you're like, I call my agent all the time, we're like besties. Cool. That is different, right? Like you have to delineate different people, different relationships. Just keep these things in mind. But also comment something you learned so you can enter to win his book because I think it's full of really good information. I read the whole thing cover to cover in like two days. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Special extra bonus thanks to anyone who drops a five-star rating and review. In fact, if you drop a five-star rating and review and screenshot it and send it to me in my DMs, I'll enter you three times into the giveaway. Yeah, that's right. So comment is one. Screenshot that rating and review is three. Three entries, baby. If you've already reviewed, screenshot it. Send it anyway. I'll enter you again. There you go. We're all covered. Thank you so much Helena Santos for all of your production help on this podcast. Thank you Maggie Zabo for your just just easy listening tune. And I will talk to you guys next week.